Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. couple things out there for those of you who are interested in gambling or just at least knowing what the story is here from the perspective of who is uh, favored in the four series. Uh, right now, the Milwaukee Brewers are minus 170 in their series against Colorado Rockies. The uh, L.A. Dodgers are minus 215 in their series against the Atlanta Braves. The Houston Astros are minus 165, and I have not yet seen an official Yankees and Boston Red Sox line. I'll let you know when that officially drops. But that is uh, that is what is going on in that respect. I want to bring in the crew and go around and get everybody's World Series picks now that uh, that we are uh, discussing this. Um, let me start with you. Uh, I'll start with myself, obviously. My World Series pick is I think the Dodgers are going to come out of the National League. I think they will find their way in again. And I'm going to be boring, and I'm actually going to pick a rematch I think the Astros are going to find their way in. I'm not necessarily sold on the pitching of the Boston Red Sox. I'll ask Morosi about what his prediction is. Uh, but I will go with a rematch of last year's series, and I'll go with – I'm going to be a, a little bit of a homer here because I would like to see their first championship in 30 years. I will go with the Dodgers winning this time in a rematch against the uh, Astros. What about you, uh, Danny G? I like your World Series pick there. I am also going to go with the Dodgers, but I'm going to take a different league, a different team rather out of the American League. I'm going to say the Red Sox advance. So it's going to be East Coast versus West Coast. 
Bo Sox versus the Dodgers. Dodgers win in six. Excellent uh, stuff there. Let's uh, let's roll into uh, the rest of the crew. Uh, who you got, uh, Roberto? Uh, I got the Dodgers and the uh, Astros. I mean, the Astros in a rematch. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on the on the Red Sox pitching and and since the wild card era, the team with the the team with the best record hardly ever wins the World Series. We saw that with the Dodgers last year, and I really like I really like the Dodgers offense this year better than last year. I feel like this Dodger team is a lot like. The 2000 and, uh, 2013 Red Sox that won the World Series, that Red Sox team was able to switch uh, their lineup lefty-righty, platoon, and was really effective in the playoffs. I think the Dodgers can do the same thing this year with that lineup. Um, good breakdown there. What you got for me, uh, Eddie Garcia? Well, un- unlike my uh, two colleagues here in Los Angeles, I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I will have to agree with everyone here on the show. I, I think that L.A. has the best combination of pitching and hitting in the National League, so I do think that the Dodgers will make it to the World Series again in the American League. Uh, it's not very exciting, but I do think the winner of Red Sox-Astros is going to win the World Series So which team will it be? I'm going to go with you, Clay. I'm going to say we're going to have a World Series rematch. But I do think that we will see Houston repeat as World Series champions. Is Dub there in in the uh, Nashville studio? Dub, who you got? Well, I don't have a dog in the fight either, but I, I like Houston to come out of the AL again. And I like the Milwaukee Brewers to make it out of the NL. I like the way they play. Their pitching is good. Once they get up, I mean, once Hader gets on the mound, you're not getting another run. You're not getting back on top of that team. All right, well, those are uh, the predictions out there. We'll be intrigued to see uh, see what happens there. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. People like to make a story and run with it. And, I mean, it's not the first time that there's been a news story that isn't true that's gone out. So That's Brooks Kepka talking about addressing publicly this report that he and Dustin Johnson got nearly into a fight. So... Do you buy into the fact that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka almost got into a fight? Danny G. I love fights, especially when it's two golfers. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you buy into the idea that they almost got into a fight, or you think this is completely made up? To me, it seems like those two would fight over a female or something to that effect, so I could see them getting into it. That was the rumor that Paulina Gretzky was somehow involved. Mm-hmm. Now, these guys are supposedly friends, so it's also possible they were drinking and then they were just mad at each other and they had to be separated, but that they don't actually dislike each other. That's also certainly possible here. This, to me, is huge for golf, if it were actually true. If Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, if one of these guys took a swing at each other on the course one day, best thing that could ever happen to golf. Even yeah, like, I, And I don't even think there's anybody out there listening to me right now who's like, you know what, I disagree I think everybody would be like, yeah, that sounds like, I mean, I'd rather watch that golf match. If I thought Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, like at 17, might go rolling down the hillside, Happy Gilmore style, punching each other, I would 100% be more likely to watch that tournament. Zero doubt. I think Brooks Kepka would win it easily. So Brooks Kepka says it didn't happen. I kind of think it probably did happen. Yeah, what you got for me, Danny G? Now, you're saying just because of the way Kepka looks, you think that he would body slam DJ, but. Don't you think maybe Dustin Johnson might be a sneaky, good cage fighter? Cage fighter? I don't know. He's got better reach. He's taller and has like longer reach. So if he had the ability to kind of get the jab going, he could keep him maybe away from the body. Kepka looks a little bit like the Incredible Hulk. 
So I think, you know, in general, it's hard to go against the Incredible Hulk because uh, I think if Kepka got his hands on him, it would be over. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We're joined now by Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason. You can watch his show, Speak for Yourself. It is on from noon to 1.30 Pacific for those of you waking up on the West Coast, uh, from 3 to 4.30 for those of you on the East Coast. And we got important breaking news here, at least I was told last night. While I am in London, I'm going to be doing the radio show some from London. I'm going over to watch the Titans play the Chargers. I'm taking my family over there in a couple of weeks. You, Jason Whitlock, are going to be sitting in on behalf of Team Clay Travis making picks on behalf of Team Jason Whitlock. And I got to tell you this right off the break. If you end up winning the week... It's going to be really difficult for me because I'm the only person who has not won yet. And if I haven't won yet by the time you take over and you come in in week and and you win, it's going to be really difficult for me going forward. Look, Clay, I know you a little bit better than than maybe you know yourself. There's no chance I won't be receiving daily emails, text messages from you with advice on how to bet because (laughs) I will be in control of your money. I'm taking over the blood bank. So I fully expect uh, for, for you to be sending in your picks. Uh, but there's, look, if you let me do it, handle it, manage your money, trust me, you'll either slaughter them or you'll come back and you'll have no money. <laughs> and, and it'll all be wagered on Ball State in a game yes, that I will. won't even be able to see in London. There's no doubt at all about that. Um, but I just put out a poll question. I, don't know, I, don't, I know you're a Tiger guy. Yep. When you hear that Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson had to be separated, now Brooks Kepka, den- Kepka denies it, but it's been written about a lot of different places. Is the idea of golfers getting in a fight the best thing that could happen to golf? Because my argument is this makes me so much more interested in golf if I think that at some point Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson may go rolling down the side of a hill swinging at each other, uh, happy Gilmore style. Is this good or bad for golf to have the – I know we've had a lot of drama before with Tiger and everything else. I don't really remember we've had drama like this where two guys may have gotten into a physical altercation with each other. Yeah, I think it speaks to the passion that these guys have for the Ryder Cup and, look, the passion they just play golf with and the competitiveness of it, that as a non-player, I didn't – I didn't know, wow – these guys get this kind of heated. It's damn like football, basketball, baseball, any of these other sports. And so I think it's good for golf, and it's you know it's good for you know more casual Tiger Woods fans like me that like wow these dudes take this very seriously. But I, I got to question Dustin Johnson's sanity. Yes, if you've seen Brooks Koepka <laughs> in, the, in the weight room. I, I think he's uh, picking a fight he can't win. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. Uh, Thursday night football tonight. Um, you've got the Colts going on the road, 10.5-point underdogs against the Patriots. Do the uh, do the Colts have any chance at all? Uh, yeah, they have a chance because I'm not completely bought in on the Patriots. I know they looked awesome last week against the Miami Dolphins, but that may be more about the Dolphins being frauds. Look, Frank Reich embarrassed himself last week. And the Colts took an L when they didn't have to. And so their backs are kind of up against the wall, and I think you're going to see a desperate Indianapolis team. And so, yeah, I think the Colts have a chance. When you watch the uh, the Raiders, and I know you watched and you paid attention to this with the, the Browns, 
What in the world's going on with John Gruden? Do you believe he's going to get things fixed at Oakland, or is this an epic disaster kind of playing out in slow motion? I have a completely different take on when I've watched the Raiders, I feel like John Gruden has had the impact John Gruden is supposed to have. I think they've been more competitive and have played better. Uh, they just can't finish. And I think eventually their talent or lack of talent catches up with them. Again, I think as it relates to Khalil Mack, I think he Gruden takes a lot of heat for that. But I think the reality, the truth is that uh, the Davis family, Mark Davis and these guys, they're not cash rich right now uh, for a multitude of reasons. And so I think that was just purely a business decision in terms of, hey, I don't have $40, $50, 60000000 million in upfront cash that I can give to Khalil Mack. And so we got to let him go. And so I, I think John Gruden is there to get this team to Las Vegas in, inside that new $2 billion stadium where they will generate more money. And I think some things will clear up with the Davis family. I think I understand that, that his grandmother or uh, she's going to pass at some point and they have some type of estate tax or inheritance tax is going to be enormous they have to pay that makes them a bit cash poor right now and so Gruden's taking the heat for Khalil Mack leaving but it really it was just an economic decision and you know he's got to take the heat for that and and be the face of that but he's just there to get them through the next year and a half get them to Las Vegas I, I think John Gruden's actually doing a very good job X's and O's wise and with the temperament of the team uh, they just don't have a lot of talent, particularly on the defensive side. You're in L.A. Thanks for waking up early with us right now. You've got LeBron coming through in the preseason. A couple of weeks, we get the official start of the NBA season. You've got the Dodgers in the playoffs in a series against the Atlanta Braves. And you've got the Rams right now as the <laughs> prohibitive favorite in the NFL and potentially the best overall team right now in football other than the Chiefs go ahead uh, yeah all right uh, I, I was going to get to the Chiefs here in a moment which of those is the biggest LA story uh LeBron James uh and and not for basketball reasons it's it's for the reason LeBron is trying to be so much bigger than basketball and he's trying really hard he's putting out all these TV shows that are mediocre and uh you know he LeBron James is the story out in Los Angeles, and I think what the Rams are doing is incredible, and that's the only rival to LeBron James because it's football. Look, this is a Dodgers town, and I get it, uh, but the NFL is king. Uh, the Rams play an exciting, high-scoring brand of football. Anytime you're the best team or perceived to be the best team in the NFL – that's a major, major story. But I just think LeBron and his journey from great basketball player to trying to be the Muhammad Ali of this era is just a fascinating story that people here in L.A. When I step into an Uber and people, oh, you're the sports guy, the question, generally speaking, the first one is about LeBron James. It doesn't surprise me at all on the LeBron kind of – he's the, he's the needle in some ways. We just mentioned the Rams, and you were immediately jumped in with the Chiefs. Do you legitimately believe the Chiefs are going to be the best team in the AFC at the end of the year? Because last year, you guys started off 5-0, and and refresh my memory, I believe my Titans went on the road, and Marcus Mariota was throwing <laughs> touchdown passes to himself, and he eliminated the Chiefs. 
What's different this year? What's different this start as compared to last year? Pat Mahomes. And look, you I, believe in him completely. Oh, there's, there's, listen, and I was a skeptic because I'm friends with Alex Smith, and uh, I was disappointed that they walked away from Alex Smith, and I thought that Pat Mahomes would be a turnover guy uh, and loose with the football. I knew he had great arm talent. I knew he would make great plays. I didn't know he would play the game between his ears at the highest level, and he's doing that. This kid, and there's a lot of good young quarterbacks in the league. I just happen to think he's by and far the best. He reminds me of John Elway. Uh, You know, There's no part of the field that his arm can't attack. Uh, He's surrounded by all the right pieces in Tariq Hill and Kareem Hunt and Sammy Watkins and then having Andy Reid on the sidelines dialing up the plays. I I just – Pat Mahomes is the difference, and it's it's a significant difference uh, between last year's Chiefs and this year's Chiefs. Uh, You know, he's the best young quarterback that I feel like I've seen since John Elway. And I just think, to me, Elway is the gold standard, and I know a lot of people don't get that or understand that. But to me, Elway is the guy that you could drop into any era of football and he would be dominant. Uh, I think some people get confused by the stats because of the era that Elway played in. He played for Dan Reeves, and he wasn't surrounded by much offensive talent. Uh, but So Elway is the gold standard for me. This kid reminds me of Elway. Uh, this kid's going to make the Kansas City Chiefs a threat for the next decade and a half. Do you agree with me that because the NFL, and I think there's been collusion in a good way here, I think Fox, CBS, NBC, and ESPN said, man, we got to stop cutting the legs out from underneath our television product that we're paying billions of dollars for, and they just decided we're no longer covering the protest. And I think the word went out, the money they had lost off advertising and everything else, boom, this protest story basically died. And as a result, I feel like the NFL has got its groove back. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think it's a combination of Mahomes, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, the Rams, uh, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, at 41 still playing at a high level. I I think the stories in the NFL are very fascinating. And, yes, I do feel like, but not just the television networks. I think the people, and, and they have made a concerted deal, like we're, we're done with this, we're moving on. But I think that's reflective of how football fans feel. It's like, I, I think that football fans figured out, you know what this really is? This is about a dozen idiots, and, and that's it. There's about a dozen guys who feel like they can build their Twitter brand by trolling America during the national anthem. And there's about 1,600, 1,700 NFL players, and I think fans like just aren't as offended that there are a dozen idiots in the NFL. And so Eric Reed can uh, do all of his grandstanding with the Carolina Panthers, and he can wear his I'm with cap T-shirt, and he can do whatever he wants during the national anthem. I think people are just going to roll their eyes and move on. It is interesting, um, and I, I, I don't. I have this sense that it was like they had a meeting of the mafia, and all the you know, like back in the Godfather, like yeah. all the all the heads of the of the teams uh, of of the different companies got together, 
and they took a blood oath and they're like, we are not going to allow politics to destroy the NFL brand for a third straight year. Because I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know who's kneeling now. Like, I, I, maybe there's a couple of Dolphins players that are still doing it. I don't know. It has completely vanished as a story and I find it hard to believe that it's not a concerted decision, that it was bad for business to be covering it, that they did two years worth of covering it. Because frankly, ever since Memorial Day, when the NFL came out and announced this new policy and they immediately got lit up, I haven't seen anything negative about the NFL from any of the league television partners for several months now. I think it's a smart business decision, but I just find it hard to believe it's not a concerted effort and decision. Well, look, businesses are eventually going to do what's best for them. Yep. And so beyond the NFL owners, the heads of CBS, Fox, NBC, or whatever, they have to do what's best for their business. And again, it's a television show. And, and the actors don't decide what goes on a television show. The producers do. The executives do. It's their network. It's their product. And so just because a, a, a dozen NFL players want, hey, we want to add this to the script, <laughs> eventually the executives of that TV show get to say, no, 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 it's our TV show. We'll decide what, what airs and what doesn't air. And, and we have studied our viewers and our fan base. They don't want this. They're not interested in it. And it's not because they're all racist and they don't want to talk about injustice. It's because they, hey, this is the football television show I've been watching for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever. And protesting during the national anthem is not what I come to watch. And so I I think ownership, fans, whomever, are... Uh, just reflecting what their viewers want, and 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 again, I, I we've got this whole Mike Florio and a handful of guys in the media that think uh, that somehow some gesture during the national anthem is going to fix America, and just the reality is, this is just the reality. It started a conversation about protesting during the national anthem. It did not start, and it has never fueled a conversation about police brutality. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. Go follow him at Whitlock Jason. Watch his television show. It is on from uh, from 3 to 4.30 on the East Coast, from noon to 1.30 on the West Coast every day. Speak for yourself. He's co-hosting with Marcellus Wiley. Um I, the Major League Baseball playoffs. I know you're not a huge dive into Major League Baseball uh, person, but yeah, when but you're I see do it anyway, yeah. But when I see <laughs> the story between the Yankees and the Red Sox, I don't care as much about that rivalry anymore because the Red Sox have won two championships now, and it was a lot more interesting to me when the Red Sox represented at never having anything, and the Yankees represented. We have everything. Are you with me that this rivalry just doesn't seem as interesting when, for the last 20 years now, they're basically even? Uh, I think there's some truth there. I, 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 I think there's definitely some truth. We've been there, done that, and the rivalry's not as appealing. Look, I, you know, Aaron Judge is appealing to me. To see someone that big, uh, you know, hit home runs and, and, you know, just the way he looks, 
at the, you know, he's a modern day Paul Bunyan or whatever. That's appealing to me. And I'm, you know, he started the <laughs> last night with a home run early in the game. That's appealing to me. But you're right. The, the rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox, that's something that is appealing to the Northeast America. Uh, but I'm not sure if it's all that appealing to the rest of America. Look, the, the reality, and I I want to be careful here because, you know, Fox, we carry the Major League Baseball, but losing the Cubs, <laughs> yes. was, that hurt. The Cubs, to me, are the best national story in baseball, and having them get, you know, kicked out, early before the you know before the playoffs really really start that's what's painful when you uh well last question for you and i appreciate you waking up early in the morning with us what would a jason whitlock senate confirmation hearing look like if they went back through your high school yearbook (laughs) that's a terrible question man because you know I, i try to be honest but look man i can get you my stony brook junior high yearbook right now it's it's in my other bedroom. It's in a in a drawer, and the things that uh, the girls wrote in my yearbook would would prevent me from being confirmed. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I'm just you know I think I'm like a lot of human beings. I was you know pretty stupid as a kid. And it's not reflective of who I am as a 51-year-old adult. Uh, and so I, I guess I, I've, you know, I, I don't really, I try to not delve into politics, but I will, this thing that's happened with Kavanaugh is fascinating to me. And if the standard is that, you know, as a teenager or younger, you had some awkward, uh, inappropriate uh incident i mean i i think there's a lot of guys that wouldn't survive that and maybe even a lot of girls uh that wouldn't survive that um you know it's a fascinating moral it's a fascinating like window into modern life i don't think there's any doubt at all about it and i just can't look away i'm trying desperately to look away because it makes me sad for america because we're running People who would subject themselves uh, to to public service if this is the standard, if they're going to go through your entire history and all it takes is one person, uh, uh, he said, she said, that now we've turned it, what he says does not matter at all. It only matters what she says. I, I just don't know if there's a lot of guys that can survive that. Jason Whitlock, you always kill it. I hope you don't kill it with my gambling picks when you're sitting in for me for a week because that'll be tough for me to deal with. Uh, Go follow him on Twitter at Whitlock Jason. Thank you for waking up with us. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Nick Saban yesterday went off on his fan base. I saw this come out and I I thought it was interesting. Um... The uh, there's a list every year from USA Today, and it goes through all the highest paid coaches in America. And Nick Saban, no surprise, uh, is deservedly and should be the highest paid college football coach in America. And he's going to make $8.3 million this year. 
which sounds like a lot of money, but given the success that he has at Alabama, five titles in the last nine years, he pays for himself in spades. It's an interesting detail about the University of Alabama, and this is an example of the school of the of the team being the front porch of the university. Nick Saban now at Alabama, the enrollment has doubled since he started at Alabama. And one of the crazy things is the quality of the student has surged to such a degree that there is actually now a majority of the students at Alabama come from outside the state of Alabama. And they're paying you know, the tuition that would be out-of-state tuition to subsidize all of the Alabama residents who are able to go there now at a reduced cost. Nick Saban went off on uh, fans. Let me, I want to play this audio for you if we can. He was not happy about the degree of support that Alabama students are giving to the Crimson Tide football team. And I would say this. The result of more of the students at Alabama now coming from outside the state is the Alabama students are not as big of Alabama football fans as they would have been in decades past because a lot of people root for the football team. But if you grew up in a different state, it's not like you grew up enmeshed in Alabama football lore, the bear, everything kind of surrounding the mystique of Alabama football. Instead, you're just somebody who went to college there because it's a good place to go to school and you root for your team and your school to do well, but it doesn't really define you. Here is uh, Nick Saban being upset about what happened when they played Louisiana last week. They were up 49 nothing at the half, and he wasn't happy with the student turnout. I can honestly say I was a little disappointed that there weren't more students at the last game. Um, so, And I think we're trying to address that. Uh, I don't think they're entitled to anything either. Uh, and me personally, I think it ought to be first come, first serve. And if they don't want to come to the games, they don't have to come. But I'm sure there's enough people around here to like to go to the games and would like for them to come too because they support the players. So I've never said anything about that before. You know, when I first came here, we used to play that tradition thing up there and everybody was cheering and excited and happy and there was great spirit. All right, now they don't even cheer. They introduce our players, nobody even cheers. So, um, I don't know, maybe there's something else somebody ought to talk about. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Maybe I already talked about more than I should. So, you all can beat me up for that if you want. But, look, our players work too hard uh, and they deserve to have everything and people supporting them in every way and have tremendous spirit for what they've done. And they may not be able to continue to do it. We're going to work hard to try to continue that. Um, But, you know, there's a part of it that other people need to support them too. And there's got to be a spirit that makes it special to play here because that's what makes it special to be here. And if that's not here, then does it continue to be special to be here or not? I mean, that's a question everybody's got to ask. And I'm asking it right now. So um, I'm hopeful that... We've always had great people travel on the road with us and had great spirit on the road. And uh, we've got great fans, so I appreciate that. But, you know, to see half the student section not full, I've never seen that since I've been here before. That's Nick Saban. You know things are going in a dominant fashion, and everything is rolling in a really good way for Alabama where he's now teeing off on student attendance. That's what Alabama has to be focused on right now. They are 35-point favorites over Arkansas in a road game in conference this weekend. Uh, They're going to Fayetteville, I believe, and they are 35-point favorites, and this is what Nick Saban is concerned with. I do think it's a larger issue, which is fans want to be entertained, and Alabama's own dominance is not even entertaining Alabama's own fan base. 
And that would be a little bit, I think, alarming in general that Alabama has become so good that even their own fans are not that interested in going and sitting around and watching their game. Like, if I had to choose right now, and I bet there are a lot of Alabama fans listening to us right now or will be listening to us on the podcast, you're going to think to yourself, you know what, yeah, we're going to beat Arkansas. But then you're going to find yourself flipping over to watch another game because your team is winning so easily that you're not even going to need to feel like you need to watch every snap because there's no fear that you're going to lose that game. And uh, and it's rare for somebody to be as dominant as Alabama is right now. They have become basically the Golden State Warriors of college football. And they're not quite as big of a favorite as Golden State. And unlike Golden State, which has to lose a seven-game series, Alabama could certainly lose one game, particularly in the playoff, maybe if it's Georgia in the SEC championship game. Hell, maybe if it's Auburn and everything goes perfectly uh, in the final game of the season, maybe LSU could get him down in Baton Rouge. Something could go wrong. Tua could come out, get injured. He could throw four interceptions, even though he hasn't shown any inclination to do that so far. All of those things could happen in a one-game playoff kind of setting and allow Alabama to not win a championship. But right now, the Crimson Tide are Golden State Warrior-like in terms of how much they're favored by. And I've argued, and I think there's a lot of truth to this, that Tua, being as good as he is at quarterback, is basically the equivalent of Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. You took a team that was already the best in college football, and then you gave them a cheat code. The amazing thing about Nick Saban winning five titles in nine years, he's never really had a dominant quarterback. You look at the other three guys who have won championships in the college football right now, who have or have won titles. Jimbo Fisher did it with Jameis Winston, who was a great college football quarterback. Dabo Sweeney did it with Deshaun Watson, who was a great college football quarterback. Urban Meyer won one of his titles and part of another one because he had Tim Tebow, who was a great college football quarterback. All three of those guys, Jameis Winston, Tim Tebow, and Deshaun Watson, either won the Heisman Trophy or should have won the Heisman Trophy at the quarterback position. When you look elsewhere, what has Nick Saban done at the quarterback position? Who's his best quarterback? A.J. McCarron? He's a backup at best at Alabama. Uh, Sorry, in the NFL. Backup at best in the pros. Otherwise, Matt Mock, I mean, even when he was at LSU, there has not been a lot of talent. Now, he did recruit Jamarcus Russell. Never got to uh, to coach him. He left that to Les Miles. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.